guitar is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, hello everyone, how you doing? Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. Here we are, episode 6. Yeah, well, aye, what to expect on this particular podcast well as always we have the piping news and we have the topic of the week plus yeah loads of other chat besides so yeah got a bit of a telling off because last week's podcast episode five where we hung out backstage with the chili pipers we didn't actually give you any piping news some people picked up on that and were actually quite angry about it so yeah yeah apologies about that but yeah i was under duress i had a real bad dose of the man flu so (laughs) man down man down but i'm feeling much better now sucking down loads of vitamin c and all that kind of stuff so i'm feeling much better now so in much better form to bring you a proper big rab show podcast to sit and chat to you guys now i have to chat about the podcast to start with at the very start of this we're now six episodes in i cannot believe how popular and how well this podcast has been doing and i have to say a massive massive thank you to you guys the listeners we would not be doing this podcast if it wasn't for you guys so yeah the piping audience you may think is a small little select group in fact we talked about it before on the podcast as being a subculture but yeah it's not much of a subculture when you start looking at just how many people are messaging us, emailing us, and tuning in even to the live show that we have over on Fuse FM. The numbers are just incredible, and I have to say thank you to everyone who's sharing it with their mates, subscribing on iTunes, even giving us ratings and things on iTunes. That helps a big deal too. Um, so if you haven't done already, Go and subscribe and never miss an episode. That's the whole thing. As soon as one gets uploaded, be it on Podbean or even over on iTunes where we're listed, you'll get an automatic notification to say, there's another episode. And sometimes they'll even automatically download it to your device. So you don't even have to think about it. It just gets put there in your device and you can listen to it anytime you want i think that's the beauty of podcasts to be honest so yeah massive thank you to everyone who's been enjoying the podcast so far long may it continue i think it's been good crack so far yeah what started out as a bit of an experiment to see how things would go we ended up getting like support from the likes of the guys at g1 and the pipe band hub and everyone all seemed to rally around us so it was fantastic to see and yeah, still blows me away. So thank you to everyone who's tuned in and listening. I have to also give a special shout to the guys at the Grace Note Vortex podcast. Those guys, in case you haven't listened to it yet, have to give them a plug. Definitely worth a good listen. They've been putting in some real good numbers. I think their episode 4 had reached over 200 downloads. 
which is pretty impressive. Well done, guys. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you how many downloads we've got. <laughs> because I don't want to get into a whole numbers battle. But, um, yeah, I have to say, congratulations to the Grace No Vortex. Obviously, they're enjoying doing what they're doing as well. And I'm a massive fan of theirs. And sure, I keep saying this. But if you haven't checked it out yet, if you, and if you enjoy what we do here in the Big Rab Show... Definitely go and check out the Grace No Vortex because, yeah, once we're finished on this podcast, go and download theirs and check theirs out. Now, far be it from me to start plugging all their stuff. Let's get into it. Time for the piping news. Now, as you know, on our live show on Fuse FM, we have a large section of our show devoted to piping news. And the live show being what it is, sometimes it gets so crammed full with messages and text messages and people talking that we just don't get through all of the piping news. So that's kind of the beauty of the podcast. I'd be able to bring you all of the news stories here on the podcast. So, what's been happening this past week? So, as I'm recording this, it is now the 22nd of February. 22nd, I had to check that. Yeah, 22nd of February. So, what's been happening? Okay, New Ross and District Pipe Band... They're holding a concert. They've made this announcement. They're holding a concert that they've been having now for most years called Celtic Weave. Now, it's obviously, it's going to be featuring the new Rosson District Pipe Band, but there's also a long list of special guests. So get along to the new Rosson District Facebook page where you can get a full list of whoever's taking part. Doors open at 8pm on March the 25th. So, yeah, if you're looking something to do on the March the 25th, there you are. Doors open at 8 and tickets are available at the moment through the New Ross and District Facebook page. So if you're interested and in the New Ross and District area, get along to Celtic Weave. To be fair, I've heard a lot of great reports about this. It's been happening now for a number of years and I've never actually been. So I might see if I can make the trip down on the 25th of March. Now I think it'll be a good one to see. Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band. They're currently holding a variety band concert. Now, has anyone seen the advert that we posted for them on the Rab Show page? Uh, it's crazy how many bands are taking part in this event. I think they'll be playing all night. So this is going to be on Saturday, the 1st of April, in Ballymore in, in Tandragee. So anyone in the Tandragee area, there you are. That's one for you. Doors open at 7.30pm until late. So, hmm, you're talking maybe, I don't know, the wee hours, possibly. Anyway, good luck. <laughs> Tickets are a fiver, and they can be got from any member of Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band. Acts include, of course, for us piping fans, the Major Sinclair Memorial, Marla Coo Pipe Bands, and, of course, the hosts, Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band. New, apparently, more acts will be announced as it gets closer to the time. So... It's still already a packed bill. Like there's loads of marching bands on there, flute bands, you know, accordion bands even as well. It's gonna be a real packed show, so one you're definitely gonna to want to get along to. Okay, so Sergeant Walker pipe bands have just made a massive announcement. A lot of people were worried about the Sergeant Walker. Yeah, they were looking for a new drum sergeant for a long time, and it seemed to be they weren't gonna get one because just no news was coming through. But this past week, Sergeant Walker Memorial made the announcement they finally found a new drum sergeant. Congratulations to Ivan Gray. Yes, Ivan has taken up the reins at the back and, yeah, I'm not going to pull my punches. 
it's going to be a very tall order. This is February and the season's literally around the corner. I think he has about three months or so until the first major or something. Something like that. I haven't actually looked at a calendar. But uh, yeah, it's just around the bend. So best of luck to Ivan. Uh, You've got your work cut out for you, pal. But apparently... According to the band's statement that they put in, uh, put out was all congratulations to Ivan Gray, who's taken up the new role. Uh, the band were looking forward to working with him, uh, but also that the band are now going to be all systems go. Now, that was the quote. So, <laughs> I think they're going to be locked in the practice hall now for the next three months until, yeah. But apparently, yeah, this is the focus. Sergeant Walker Band are going to be out at every competition this year with a bit of luck. And, yeah, I wish Ivan and the guys all the very best. Good luck, guys, at Sergeant Walker. Now, Gilna Herc Pipe Band. Gilna Herc! Yeah. <laughs> Gilna Herc Pipe Band. They've got a few seats left. They've been making travel arrangements for this year's majors. And they were making such arrangements for Paisley. Now, yeah, they made this announcement saying that they've actually managed... The overbook and they have a few seats left for Paisley. So, what are the travel arrangements that we're talking about? They're offering that you can stay over on the Friday night. So you get your bus and your boat over to Scotland in the morning. On the Friday, you stay overnight on a Friday in a hotel with the band. And then, you go to the competition on the Saturday and you get the last boat home back to Belfast on Saturday. So, you get one night in Scotland... And home the next day on what we would call the Red Eye. The last boat home on the Saturday. Now this is all for the measly price of 140 quid. 140 quid? Now that's not bad. That's including a hotel hotel stay plus your ferry and your bus and all of that. You know, all that kind of stuff all in. 140 quid. So yeah, if anyone's interested in going to Paisley, that competition there with Gilnerhurk Pipe Band... Get in contact with them now, and yeah, any member of Gilton Heart Pipe Band will be able to fill you in on the booking details and hopefully get you a spot on the bus. Now, have to give special props to Callum Beaumont. Yes, Callum, of course, he won his third Metro Cup this past weekend. His third. This is ridiculous. So, Callum, he won both the Peabrook and the Medley events at the 2017 Metro Cup. Uh, which I didn't know was an invitational. Now, that was news to me. But, yeah, Callum, this is his third, you know, success at this invitational event. Of course, he won it in the professional grade as well. So, to win both the Peabrook and the medley, no mean feat. So, well done to Callum. Uh, of course, the event, was as I was looking into it, it's held over in Newark there in the States. It's organized by the EU SPBA. Which I didn't know at all, really. So I was looking more into this event, finding that it was an invitational and everything. But one thing that fascinated me, fascinated me really was the winner, the overall winner, being Callum, of course. He managed to collect a solid gold medal. Like it was made out of solid gold. And this thing wasn't small. You know, it's like a saucer. <laughs> Yes, made out of solid gold, plus he managed to collect over $1,200 in prize money. Now that's crazy. So that's not a bad weekend's work there for Callum. So <laughs> Congratulations. Well done. And a, th- a third victory at you know the Metro Cup. Definitely not to be sniffed at. Right. 
Ullapool and District Pipe Band, they also have an accommodation booking available. Yes, they have a space available. I don't know the whole reason behind this. There was no real explanation as to what was going on. But Ullapool and District have accommodation booking for this year's Worlds that they can no longer use. Yeah, so you're talking there's been rooms booked at a certain place. I think there's maybe eight or nine rooms that have been booked by the band to stay for the Worlds, but they're no longer going to honour the booking. So they're offering this booking out to any pipe band out there who may want to avail of the booking. So they're asking any band out there who haven't made plans to go to the Worlds yet and might want to take them up on the offer. So the details are there. You can contact Ullapool and District Pipe Band through their Facebook page. Uh, any member of Ullapool District Pipe Band will be able to fill you in on the details. Uh, so yeah, definitely get in t- touch with them pretty quick. I think this one will get snapped up very fast. I think at this point, uh, it's this February... If you haven't got your accommodation booked for the World Championships already, uh, yeah, good luck. (laughs) So this is an opportunity to get your hands on some rooms, uh, especially if you're a band. And we all know what the logistics could be like to bring a band over to Glasgow. So that's a great opportunity. So get in touch with Ullapool and District Pipe Band if you do want to head over. There's an opportunity. Now, Dougie. We did talk about Dougie from the Red Hot Chili Peppers on our live show quite a lot. And you all know he was a finalist in the Young Trad Musician of the Year Awards this past year. Well, in light of all the support that Dougie got, he started his own crowdfunding appeal. He decided to make his own first ever solo album. As you all know, Dougie, he's from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's been playing as part of the Chili Peppers now for a good number of years. Uh, but now he's breaking away, I don't think he's leaving the band, but he's breaking away and doing his own solo thing. So, yeah, through his crowdfunding appeal, he managed to raise enough capital to actually go and record the thing. So, I think from Monday there, Monday, maybe Tuesday morning, he was uploading photographs of him in the studio with all the band and you know, all the guys that are going to be on the album. Very exciting stuff. So, I have to say congratulations to Dougie, for first of all, for raising all that money because <laughs> i think it was like four grand or something so he managed to get four thousand odd pound worth of backers from all his fans and yeah i cannot wait to hear what he's going to produce uh if his performances at the young trad musician of the year are anything to go by we're going to be in for a special treat so yeah keep an eye out for that doogie from the red hot chili papers will hopefully be releasing his first solo piping album ever hopefully soon okay congratulations have to go to the new zealand police pipe band god this is a place yay yeah congratulations <laughs> they won the wellington now how long where do you hear me mess this up right yeah congratulations to the new zealand police pipe band they won the wellington hawks bay center contest yeah see you managed that okay in Palmerston, North New Zealand. Now, I see, I knew it would mess up. I just knew it would mess it up. Palmer, Palmerston, North. I still can't say that right. Anyway, Palmerston, North <laughs> in New Zealand. Uh, so, yeah, it was like a, a small regional competition held there in New Zealand. So, this is seen as kind of a great preparation competition uh, for the national championships which are going to be held in march the 10th and march the 11th so 
Unfortunately, there was a bit of confusion on the day itself, however, because Manawatu, also competing in Grade 1, they were read out as the winners. So they went and collected their prizes and everything, and then they looked at the overall sheets and found that the numbers had been tallied up incorrectly and thought, well, hold on, actually, Manawatu aren't the winners. It's New Zealand Police. So after all, a bit of a whoops <laughs> moment, I think... Yeah, it was all very quickly rectified and, you know, the appropriate trophies were given over and all that. It was all very amicable. There was nothing really, you know, no animosity there at all. So congratulations to New Zealand Police for winning there the weekend. And, yeah, bodes well for the upcoming Nationals. And if anything, um, good friends of ours, We Love Pipe Bands, have videos up of both the New Zealand Police and Manawatu, um, you know, in action there. And... I urge you to go and listen to them. If you haven't heard them yet, go along to We Love Pipe Bands. Go and check out their two videos there of the yeah from the championships this past weekend there in New Zealand. The music coming from these bands is incredible. So yeah, I think the national championships in New Zealand are going to be very interesting. Yes, I will be watching with interest. If anything, I'm probably very jealous because of the sunshine they're getting at the moment. It's freezing here in Northern Ireland. Anyway, I have to give a shout to my own pipe band. My, well, I say it's my own pipe band, but I'm no longer a member there. But yeah, it's the band that I still class as my own. <laughs> yeah, the Quinn Memorial Pipe Band. They're going to be holding a table quiz in the British Legion Hall in Upperlands. It's going to be on March the 18th. So that's a Saturday the 18th. So it's right after St Paddy's Day. Doors open at 7.30pm and it's a five at a table. Apparently it's going to be six people per table as well. So, hey, you can all chip in a pound each and, you know, get a wee bottle of Coke or something as well. Yeah, just share other soft drinks are available. Why am I doing that? I'm not ruled by Ofcom anymore. Yeah, get yourself a can of Coke. <laughs> Man, I love this podcast business. I don't have to, like, worry about advertising anymore. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go the Quinn Memorial they're going to be holding a table quiz so get yourself along there Saturday the 18th of March to the British Legion Hall in Upperlands Grand now let's talk about drums shall we I think uh, we didn't announce it on last week's podcast but Dauco Triumph Street made the announcement that they're now going to be sponsored by Adante. Now, this isn't small news by any means, because Dauco for a long period of time had been playing Premier, from what I remember. And Dauco had always had this great relationship with Premier Drums. But now Dauco have this new lead drummer and new kind of drum corps, really, you know, with Gary going over and taking the reins over. Now they have this new arrangement with Adante Drums. Now, Adante Drums are kind of world famous and certainly will hopefully raise the game over there in Dauco. And they're not the only band to make the switch. Yeah, another band has just announced that they're going to be playing a dandy drums this year as well. That's the Vale of Athol pipe band. Of course, with Eddie Hoy in charge there. You know, they were putting up photographs of Eddie walking around the, the, you know, the factory and picking out the drums. Now, I have to admit, some of the finishes on these Adante drums are just incredible. They're gorgeous. You know, you have to get me a bib because I'm dribbling all over these things. Some some of these drums are just simply gorgeous. Uh, now, as for sound of Adante drums, I know some people, 
you know, they're kind of like the Marmite of the drumming world. Some people either love them or they hate them. My own personal opinion of Adanti drums is they're not bad. They're grand. Do you know, for me, I am more of a Premier fan because I believe Premier drums have more body to it. Whenever you listen to a drum corps playing a set of Premiers, there's just something thick about the sound. But that's not to say Adanti drums don't have that as well. I think, like, you listen to Simon Fraser, they have that sound too. And then even Inverary as well, I think they play Adanti drums, they have it as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just seems to, it's all to do with your setup and how the drums are pitched and everything. But Adanti drums can certainly help, you know, drum corps lift their pitch, lift their sound. And so, yeah, could be a really positive move for Dauko and for Vale of Ahol as well. So, hey... Special times ahead. Let's hear what they have to offer. I'm really looking forward to this to seeing, first of all, the colours of the finishes and everything, but also to hear what the sound like. So, yeah, proofs in the pudding. And well done to Dandy Drums, first of all, for securing these two bands. You know, so good business for them. Thiepful Memorial. Thiepful Memorial Pipe Band are going to be holding their annual supper dance. Yes, this is kind of their, I would say annual, it's in the clue, it's all held every, it's in the name, I can't talk tonight. Yeah, (laughs) their annual supper dance happens every year and it goes down a storm. What they're asking is for people to get in early. Tickets are going to fly and they're asking if anyone's interested in get a ticket, get it now. This is going to be on Friday the 3rd of March, so it's only around the corner. But if you are interested in getting a ticket, Thiepville Memorial do urge you to get a ticket now because they do fly off pretty fast. So this, of course, is going to be in McBride's in Castlefin. So the band play at 9.30pm sharp. So yeah, once you've got your ticket, please be there by 9.30 because the band will be on stage. Supper will then be served after 10pm and yeah, there'll be drinks and dancing and merriment until the little small hours. Tickets are €10 Euro, and they can be got from any member of Thiefville Memorial Pipe Band. So, if you're interested in going, as I said again, get your ticket now. €10 Euro, and you're guaranteed your spot. Apparently it's very, very popular and, yeah, I have heard about it being one heck of a night. So, <laughs> good luck to everyone going to that. Brashane and District Pipe Band are holding an annual guest tea. Now, this is going to be held on the 23rd of February. So, yeah, as I'm recording this, that's tomorrow. So, 23rd of February. It's probably in the past when you guys are listening to this. I don't know. It's going to be held in Brashean Community Hall at 7.45pm. So, loads of tea, loads of people there all chatting. And who knows, the band might be there themselves too, also to give it a bit of performance. Right. Last bit of piping news. Well, not really. There's still loads to talk about. A bit of sad news broke this past week. Yeah, and I have to say, it was pretty gutting, to be honest. And yeah, there was the sad passing of a legendary figure in the piping world. Drum Major Guinness Edra. So during his service, he had a long, lengthy service with NATO. Apparently he was fascinated with military music. And that's what got him kicked off. He, he, first of all, he organised his first ever military tattoo without having ever lifted an instrument. He then learned to play the bagpipes, because that was his instrument of choice. And he was trained to drum major level in Scotland, all through the military. 
He then went to go and learn to be a senior drum major and was finally qualified as a senior drum major. Following this, he performed at uncountable international tattoo performances all around the world. He was responsible for the act of the masked pipes and drums wherever he went, as due to his knowledge, due to his leadership skills and his organisation ability, he was able to have international musicians all talking the same language. And that was the language of the military music. He was very, very well known in the tattoo circles. If anything, he was known as a giant in the tattoo world. His love of military music carried what stayed with him for the rest of his life, all the way through even when he was battling with his illness. For a period of time, Guinness seemed to be winning the fight, but unfortunately at the end, the illness got him. The piping world has lost a true gent, and what some would say would be a figurehead in the military drum majors. He will be sadly missed. Whenever you see a photograph of Guinness in action, and he's wearing the full Highland gear and he had the big beard and everything, he just looked quintessentially what kind of like you would see on a shortbread tin. <laughs> he was just the picture of what you would expect a senior drum major to be. And that was drum major Guinness. Rest in peace. Right, let's talk. <laughs> on our live show this past week on Fuse FM, we ran a special. Yeah, because this weekend sees the Celebration concert come to Belfast. And that is, of course, the celebration of 30 years since the Live in Ireland recording by the 78th Fraser Highlander Pipe Band. Now, whenever I was talking about this on the show, of course I was talking to a piping audience. But I also found that I was talking to a non-piping audience as well. So why is this Live in Ireland 87 recording so stupidly special to us? Well, let's talk about it. This weekend we'll see a who's who of the piping world tick to the stage to celebrate the music that was recorded. And it still stands up today. So let's look back. Back in August 1987, Canada's 78th Fraser Highlander Pipe Band were riding high in the piping world. They were becoming to, to be known as being a band to watch out for. Their clinical playing and almost sheer precision from the drum corps were becoming you know, world-renowned. And on this one particular occasion, back in August '87. They were invited to perform a concert in Ballymena, County Antrim, here in Northern Ireland. Now, for one reason or another, a lot of people didn't think the concert would actually happen. But they managed to pull it out of the bag. The band came over to Ballymena and performed what could only be described as possibly... I can't undersell this enough. It is known to be a landmark Concert in Balamina. This all happened just a few days before the band went over to Glasgow and won the World Championships. Not only did they win it, but they also were, went down in the history books as the first ever non-Scottish pipe band to win the Worlds in Grade 1. Now that was not a small feat. In 1987, 
there were many, many amazing bands. Most of them, of course, were from Scotland who had dominated the piping world for many years. So for a band from Canada, the 70th Fraser Highlanders, to walk home with the trophy under their arm was certainly no mean feat. Nearly three decades on, the recording of that concert, live in Ireland 87, it still remains one of the best-selling pipe band albums of all time. With its innovative repertoire, including Don Thompson's Journey to Sky, which was the first ever musical suite composed for a pipe band. Which I didn't know <laughs> myself. But it was the first ever musical suite composed for a pipe band, establishing it as a pivotal milestone in its field. People who were there on the night described it as being part of something historical. People walked out of the hall in Balamina that night simply amazed at what they had just witnessed. People were saying how they went in expecting to hear some good piping, maybe a good medley, maybe a good MSR, a couple of wee jigs here and a 6-8 there. They were not expecting what they experienced, especially when it came to tunes like The Journey to Sky. So, whenever you listen to the recording of Live in Ireland 87, even now, the playing stands up. The tone may have changed, the instruments may have changed, but the music itself hasn't. Whenever you hear The Clumsy Lover, or even The Mason's Apron set, it still gives you that fire. It still gives you the goosebumps. And for that to happen 30 years on, from when the recording was originally made, that's no small thing. So, 30 years on, we had the first ever celebration concert. That was held in the Celtic Connections Festival last year. And it read as a who's who of the piping world hit the stage, along with nearly a dozen or so members of that already legendary 1987 lineup. And I was very lucky to be there in person. It was pegged as once in a lifetime. This was going to be a one-off, never to happen again. So I couldn't miss it. I had to get myself a ticket. I got myself a ticket, plane, booked, hotel, all that nonsense. Flew over just to be there. And I have to be honest, I'm so glad I did. Whenever you listen to the recording, as I have, I've been listening to it from now I was no age... But yeah, the recording really doesn't do it justice. Until you hear the music in person, and you all know what it's like, whenever a band is there playing in front of you, you get that guttural feeling. Something just shakes your bones, stirs the blood, and you just, oh, you get that feeling, I don't know, like the angels are singing. I know I'm overselling it, but that's the experience, you know? And this music... That's been around now for 30 plus years is just as much alive now as what it was when it was first performed. So, it's happening again in Belfast. They're bringing it home to Ireland. It was probably the one thing that the Big Rab Show kept getting messages about was that it was live in Ireland in Scotland. So, (laughs) yeah, the decision was made. I don't know who it was, but they've decided to bring it back. To Ireland, and they brought it to Belfast. Not Balamina, but they brought it to Belfast. So let's have a look at the lineup real quick, will we? Pipers include, of course, the legendary Bill Livingston, 
Andrew Carlyle, Ian Duncan, Jonathan Greenlees, Stuart Little, Ian K. MacDonald, Roddy McLeod, Duncan Nicholson, Richard Parks MBE, Alan Tully and Terry Tully as well from St Lawrence and Ross Walker. Now, let's not forget our special competition winner. The RSPBA and I, who are running this show, this concert, ran a competition for a young piper and drummer to go and join them on stage. So, the young piper who will be joining the band on stage will be Jake McConnell. So, congratulations to Jake. Now, let's look at the drummers. Of course, lead tip would have to be Reed Maxwell. Followed by Scott Brown, Stu Little, Maggie McIver, Tim Murphy, Sean Allen, Alan Brommel, Stephen Crichton, Ian Lawson, Grant Maxwell, Connor McNally, and of course, Stephen McWhorter. The special guest young drummer being the competition winner went to Cameron Mitchell. So well done, Cameron. There will be a singer on the night. Her name is Susan Brown. And of course, the compare. It's not going to be me. But it's going to be the legend, Bob Worrell. So, if you're going to the concert this weekend, it's going to be epic. I cannot stress enough. If you've got a ticket in your hand, that is gold dust for a piping fan. So, yeah, enjoy yourself. The Rab Show, we will be there, of course. Microphone in hand as well. So hopefully I'll get chatting to some of these guys who will be hitting the stage. And, yeah, bringing you some of the action from the concert. Just giving you some of the background, how it all started, what inspired them. And, yeah, just what it means to be on stage playing with these guys. So, yeah, that's all to come. Hopefully on the next couple of podcasts I'll be bringing you all those interviews of goodness. Well, I have one last story. Now that we're talking about Live in Ireland 87, Clocker and District Pipe Band are selling a mint condition two-disc LP. Yes, vinyl. Uh, So, yeah, they're selling one to raise money for the band. Now, whenever you look at this item, it is in mint condition. And to find one, be it on vinyl to begin with, is a rarity but to find one in such good condition is also a rarity so for any self-respecting piping fan out there get your hands on this now good god even i'm thinking of putting in a few bids so yeah the band is selling this uh to raise some money for the band for the incoming season so definitely definitely going to be be selling very fast in my opinion a lot of piping fans out there will want this in their collection if they don't already have it so yeah special shout to clocker and district pipe van definitely worth a shout right time for me to go and get a cup of tea and it's time for the topic of the week hello this is fred morrison and you're listening to the big rab show the big rab show on fuse fm balamont Tuesday nights, 7pm to 9. They are the show for the piping folk. Reflecting everything from the bagpiping world. Celtic music, folk music, solo piping and of course pipe bands. Bagpipes are your thing? Tune in to The Big Rap Show. The Big Rap Show, Tuesday nights, 7 till 9 on Fuse FM, Balamoney. Yes, it's that part of the show where I get to sit here and talk nonsense. 
<laughs> or at least I get to pick a topic that interests me about the piping world and I want you guys to join in on the back of the conversation. And do you know what I've found actually? Whenever I reach the topic of the week, a lot of people, they pause the podcast and have a little break. Sometimes people even give me a message saying, oh, just listen to the podcast, mate, and yeah, looking forward to the topic of the week. I'll get back to you. And then they listen to the topic of the week, and then suddenly an email lands, or like War and Peace comes through on Facebook, or, you know, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, I really want to hear from you guys. I want to know your opinions on the topic of the week. I don't just want it to be a one-way conversation. Because, yeah, otherwise it will be just a one-way conversation of me giving my opinion. I want to know your opinion. And if anything, I do hope to dedicate an entire episode to listener correspondence. Yeah, if anything, that was going to be one of the sections of the show that was going to just have like an open question kind of thing. Let you guys, you know, text in or email in any kind of questions that you have for me. And I could just go through it here on the podcast. And chat, chat to you, you know, make it a two-way thing, you know. Anyway, topic of the week has to be pipe band fashion. <laughs> uh, I can hear a load of you all groaning already. Now... Some bands get it right, some bands get it dreadfully wrong. So let's chat about it. For a long time, I have been talking about brogues. And people ask me, why are you so fascinated with brogues? The reason being is because I still remember whenever pipe bands used to wear spats. And they also used to wear shoes that had the big silver buckle on them. Do you remember those? Like, I think it was like the tail end of the 70s where bands used to wear these shoes with big silver buckles on them. Yeah, and let's get into the sock debate. Yeah, because a lot of people hate, hate it. They hate white socks. But whenever I started in pipe bands, that's all the bands wore. It was white socks. Now, granted, whenever I was wearing them, I was a wee cub. And I would have been running around kicking football and stuff in them. And by the end of the competition, they were black. You know. Or, in one such occasion, uh, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> because they're going to know I'm talking about them. But a particular piper went to go and use a port I think it was the World Championships, actually. And... Uh, flushed the port and then loads of swearing oh, for God's sake all you heard this and then the door flung open to the port and his white socks were no longer white they were blue yes you know that blue gunk they used to flush away all the yeah well that had overflowed and went all over his white socks and turned them blue. So he went into the grand finale at the World Championships in front of all the cameras with blue socks. It was hilarious. So a lot of bands hate the white socks, really do. But I can't yeah, I can't think many bands that still have white socks. I think Boghall still have white socks actually. Boghall and Bathgate actually like their socks. But here's a question, right? I've seen so many bands get this right and so many bands get it wrong. Now, bands all seem to wear coloured socks now, coloured hose as they call them. Now, if it was me and I was choosing, you know, coloured socks for a pipe band, I would look at the kilt and look at the tartan and then try and match the socks to the tartan. 
you know, that you're wearing on your kilt right above you where your your lower half of your leg is. But some bands don't. Which is very strange. And, you know, you match your socks to your kilt and then you match your flashes to your waistcoat or whatever. Seems to be the rule of thumb that a lot of bands seem to follow and it looks looks very well, but some bands don't. I think is it for instance uh, one I think it's the Vale of Apple pipe band have those wine coloured waistcoats and do they also have wine coloured socks as well? I can't remember of it. Yeah, I should really have photographs in front of me. But uh, yeah, sometimes the colour colour matching uh, seems to be a bit upside down. There's a few bands out there that just don't seem to get it right. And uh, I'm sorry, but American pipe bands in particular, uh, especially the guys that are out doing parades and gigs during St. Patrick's Day and things, some of the uniforms are shocking. <laughs> Some of them are really bad. Now, I mean that in the nicest possible way, because I'm sure getting Highland gear is probably really difficult. But uh, sometimes the massive, massive sparrings, the big hairy boys that go all the way down to your ankles, sometimes they don't really look that good. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really difficult to match anything to a blue shirt. You know, things like that. But, uh, you know, bands manage to do it. Like, there's Field Marsh, I think they wear blue shirts and stuff. But, you know, fashion, I think, is a matter of taste. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about fashion is because, yeah, let's talk about the 78th concert. Uh, well, yeah, the concert that was held in Glasgow last year. Now, they all came on wearing bonnets. And from what I remember, they were all wearing trousers as well. Black waistcoats and bonnets. And this was a bit odd to me. Like, for me, bonnets and stuff were kind of reserved for solo pipers. So to see a whole pipe band kitted out in them was a bit odd. Plus, when was the decision made for the Glengarry to be kind of the standard is there anything in the rule book to say that the Glengarry is the standard? The reason why I'm asking is because whenever you look, I think there was the band that came over all the way from Malaysia. Uh, I think it was Malaysia anyway. And anyway, they had white uniforms. And they had white trousers. They had white tunics. And they had white turbans. Now, they looked awesome. They probably were the best looking band on the field. But it's not the most practical because... It's Glasgow, and it's Glasgow Green, and whenever it rains, by gum, it rains. And those white trousers and tunics and everything, they were gradually turning black from the feet upwards. And I felt so sorry for them. Whenever the rain was thumping down, these guys just looked uh, like a fish out of water. They are like, oh, uh, you know, my clothes are changing colour from all the mud. So, yeah... <laughs> And I, this has to be a question I need to ask. What is your opinion on capes? A lot of bands wear capes and they're practicing and tuning up and everything. But what's your opinion of wearing capes in the arena? Now this splits a lot of opinion. A lot of people say you shouldn't wear a cape into the arena. But yet the judges are standing there wearing them. 
and you know, so oh, it takes away from the whole look of the band, and you're supposed to be just wearing your uniform and not wearing a raincoat and all of this. But sometimes when you're in that arena and the rain is just going horizontal, like sideways into your face, you're kind of glad of a little bit of shelter. But uh, I don't know. Whenever the rain's like that, I suppose wearing a cape's the least of your worries. But I remember specifically. Now this is a, a story from my my history in playing on pipe bands. We had a lead drummer. You guys will know him very well. He's Winston Matier Sr. Now he has glasses. He wears glasses every day. But his glasses that he wore, he wore even still does, were tinted. They were tinted glasses because he had a particular eye condition that needed tinted glasses in order for him to see. Now, in the process of him wearing these tinted glasses... On a number of occasions, on our marching and deportment marking sheets, um, they made comment of the lead drummer wearing sunglasses. <laughs> lead drummer must not wear sunglasses in the arena. It looks terribly unprofessional or something like that was written on the, you know, the marking sheet. And it was just really odd. We're like, they're not sunglasses. They're his normal everyday glasses that he would need to see. Do you want him to walk in blind? But yeah, there's been so many silly things marked on these, you know, like uneven socks. You can understand that. You know, flashes aren't straight or, you know, all the rest. Even the tying of shoelaces on brogues is a topic that fascinates me. And especially for M&D judges, marching and deportment judges. Now, I suppose I should really be talking to a drum major about dress and fashion because that's a large part of the drum major game, isn't it? Like, I've been told that even as much as a speck of dirt on your brogue and that could go cost you points and you could be out in your ear. So, yeah, the topic I want to talk about fashion, I should really have asked a drum major. So I'm sure you drum majors out there are just listening to me thinking... That rab is one idiot and knows nothing about what he's talking about. Anyway, yeah, I want to talk about tying brogues. What way do you tie them? I have seen them tied up in so many different ways. It's ridiculous. I've I've even seen one guy, yeah, this is not a lie, where he, I don't know how he'd done it, but he managed to get the shoelaces wrapped around his leg all the way up till his knee. Where he was managing to tie his laces in a bow. Just underneath his flashes. Now for those of you who don't know what flashes are. Flashes just come just right under your knee. You know there where the sock kind of starts. That kind of bit. He managed to get the shoelaces all the way up there. Now, I have no idea how he done it. I'm sure it might have been painful. <laughs> but he managed to do it. So the way that I done it, the way I was taught, was you twist it, is it four times at the front, three times at the back, and then wrap it in a like a loop around your leg at about yeah, where you would normally put like ankle socks on. And that's it. Tie it in a double knot and leave your loops and everything hanging to the left hand side or the right hand side or the outside of your foot. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So that's the way I was taught. Now, I have seen them done so many hundreds of different ways 
that it bog- the mind boggles. So I challenge you. See, whenever you're out and around at a pipe band competition now, this incoming season, just have a look. Have a look at everyone's brogues and just see how they're tied. You'll be surprised at how many different ways there are. And even when you're asking someone, how would you tie your laces? They'll look at you as if you've got five hitting you. What? You mean how you tie my laces? I tie them like everybody else ties them. And then the conversation starts and you find that everyone does it differently. Let's talk about ties. I remember for a long period of time that it used to be kind of a thing to do was to collect ties. People used to go mad collecting ties from different bands. I remember there was one such member of the band that I was in that the game was to see how many ties you could get by the end of the day. (laughs) These things were kind of swapped around. And so, yeah, like I remember him coming back and said, Oh, Lethal, look, I've got two Simon Frasers and a Boghall. And he goes, away on. And he showed you, he pulled them out of a Spartan. Here, look. So, yeah, it was almost a challenge. So, is that still happening? Do people still collect band ties? I don't know. These things seem to be a bit of a premium. I also remember, oh, this was awful. In the 1990s, the bands used to wear clip-on ties. Oh, they were disgusting looking. Because sometimes they were were clipped on crooked. And in some cases, they weren't clipped on at all. In fact, I remember one guy clipping his tie onto the drum harness. And uh, just some disasters. And I'm glad the clip-on tie seems to have died. It has gone, thankfully. So, yeah. Some real fashion faux pas. Now, yeah, I also want to ask, as well as about the tying of the brogues, this past maybe four or five years, drum harnesses have played a big part in drum corps. Now, I'm old school. I've never played with a drum harness. I've always played with a drum strap. But this past while, bands have been playing drum harnesses. Now, here's the argument for drum harnesses. Do you wear a belt? Used to be whenever you wore, you know, the whole kilt set up with the sparn and everything, you still wore a belt, like a waist belt. You know, with a big silver buckle on it at the front. But now I'm noticing the bands that are playing with drum harnesses don't wear belts. Even some pipers, in fact a lot of pipers actually, because the drummers aren't wearing belts, pipers don't wear them either. Now I don't know if this is like a fashion thing, or what it is, or because bands will now mostly wear waistcoats. Is it because you wear the waistcoat now you don't wear a waist belt? I don't know. But I remember, they used to be a thing in themselves. Some bands used to have really exquisite looking buckles. Like some of those boys were polished up to look crazy, you know. Had real fancy engraving and everything. Sometimes even with the band logo and things like that. Some of them just looked incredible. But now that seems to be a thing of the past. Because let's face it, whenever you wear a drum harness, the main part where the drum sits would be where your belt would be. So that's no longer there. They just remove the belt because otherwise your belt buckle would just sit there and scratch the life out of your harness all day. And would probably leave it in bits by the end of the season. So I've found a lot of bands aren't wearing waist belts. Are waist belts a thing of the past? Don't know. That's about another possible question. Also, with every drum harness being a particular brand, 
they all look the same. There's bands like, I think it was a Scottish Power, I think, wore the white ones. They were kind of the only ones that really made it look kind of different. Everyone else was playing the usual, you know, the Jim Kilpatrick one or the Adante one or even the Pearl one. Again, you got a band that really stood out being the Bagad bands, and they wore the ones that went around their waist. Now, those were funky. I loved those harnesses. If anything, I was kind of fascinated just standing and looking, trying to figure out how the harness took the weight. But, um, yeah, drum harnesses. Do you think we could do anything to kind of jazz them up a bit? You know, because some of them are just kind of, they're very mechanical looking, almost make you look like a Terminator walking into the arena. <laughs> do you know? But, um, hey, I suppose they're functional. They do the job. So, I don't know. I just think they can be kind of prettier. I don't know. Maybe stick a bow on them or something. <laughs> Oh, you try and color coordinate them or something. Anyway, I'm just thinking, thinking out loud. Grand, that's me. I think I've rambled enough on this topic, but trust me, whenever you're talking about pipe band fashion, just delve into it a little deeper than what sometimes the ordinary human would. And oh, another thing, ski and do's. Do people still wear them? It used to be for a long time. Only the pipe major and the drum sergeant wore a ski and do in their sock. But now it just seems to be anyone who wants one. And kilt pins, kilt pins, kilt pins. Some bands wear them, some don't. And there's nothing worse sometimes than seeing a band where maybe half a dozen members are wearing kilt pins and the rest of them aren't. And then, even at that, sometimes the kilt pins are all different. Ugh, kilt pins. See, but anyway... I could ramble on on this topic forever, but it's always it's kind of weird because it's one-sided. It's me chatting away to myself, but I hope that I've managed to give you some food for thought. Definitely some food for thought. Honestly, I'm not joking. Next time you're at a competition, have a look at people's brogues. You will be surprised at how many different ways these shoes can be tied. <laughs> it's incredible. They're... There's a plethora of different ways and thinking behind it as well. There has been books written. It's just uh, just too much. Too much. So I do know that there is an official rule book on pipe band dress and that it needs to fall inside certain guidelines. I am aware of that. But whenever it comes to, you know, the selection of colour or, you know, how you coordinate a band to make it all look like, you know, a uniform, you know what I mean? Yeah, just the thought process that's involved. But have the conversation. The next time you're chatting to any of your pipe band buddies, ask them about pipe band fashion. What do you honestly think about some of the uniforms out there? I did mention the Bagad bands, and I know. They don't wear the Highland dress. They don't wear kilts like we do and all that sort of stuff. They wear normally black from head to foot. But look at their waistcoats. Now, some intricate detail involved in there. The embroidery and some of the design work that goes in there, it's incredible. And you can't take that away from them. You know, they really do look incredible sometimes. Definitely worth a look, you know, a look anyway. So, that's it. I hope I give you food for thought. I also want to know your opinions. If you have any thoughts on pipe band fashion, especially if there's bands getting it right or... If there's bands getting it dreadfully wrong. Now we do know there are bands out there that do look kind of shocking sometimes. 
be it on purpose or even by complete mistake. But uh, yeah, essentially, I suppose what it's down to, it's down to the music. It's not how we look when we're doing it, but <coughs> do you know what I mean? It's part of the game. If anything, I also need to give a special shout to bands like the Glasgow Police. They still maintain a number one dress and a number two dress. And I think even a third as well. Number one dress, of course, being the full Highland get-up. I'm talking about, you know, the big Busby hat and the whole tartan shawl and big, you know, the big clasp thing on their shoulder. I can't remember what they call it, the clasp. The big brooch thing, you know, that holds the shawl and, you know, the big hairy what do you call that sparring thing that hangs down to your ankles you know they have that whole thing so they can do the likes of tattoos and stuff and really look the business but then they also have their number two dress which is less formal which carries a police bike band into a competition you know that kind of looked like the rest of us whenever we're competing so yeah there are bands out there who do have their number one and number two dress so respect respect to them i think definitely now I shall go. I've talked to you enough. Please, please message me at The Big Rab Show on Facebook. Or give us a shout on Twitter, which is at Big Rab Show. And yeah, definitely get in contact with us. Probably the two best ways to get in contact with us. Share the podcast with your mates. Let them all know that the podcast exists. And also, if you're enjoying it at all, definitely give us a rating on iTunes or even a, a you know a subscribe or a follow on Podbean or do all that good stuff. I really hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far and I've managed to give you some food for thought. Yeah. Well, that's it for another week. Time for me to leave you alone and stop bending your ear. Hope to see you at the 70th Live in Ireland concert this weekend on the waterfront in Belfast. And here's hoping I'll be able to bring you some of the action on next week's podcast. Well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reads.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1, and until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rap Show podcast. All the best.